Hello, 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 dear listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Radio Amenti. Today I have on my dear friend and beautiful, beautiful heart-centered being, Raji Kabli. Raji is a very special person, very unique spirit. She and I first connected when I used to contribute articles to the website Collective Evolution. This was around uh, probably... 2014-2015 when I ran I first started Evolve and Ascend I was just looking for different outlets to offer content in exchange for just getting my voice out into the world so I used to write a lot of articles for CE and at the time Raju was working there and that's how we connected through that connection we eventually wound up meeting in person and traveling together to Rhythmia in Costa Rica and having a really wonderful experience journeying with plant medicine But then our bond was further solidified when she came to visit me in Asbury Park and we spent some time in New York. Um, She just is a really, really special person. In this episode, we talk about uh, lots of subject matter from our holographic universe and the unified field, the Resonance Academy, and what she learned from her time at the Resonance Retreat at 1440 Multiversity. We also talk about theosophy and the secret doctrine and channeling ancient wisdom and finding ways to apply it in the modern world and why leading from and creating from the heart is so necessary and important in today's times. I really hope that you enjoy our nonlinear conversation on reality and and all of the fractals therein. You can follow Raji on Instagram at House of Raji and on YouTube at House of Raji. And all the links will be, I will make sure to put in the episode footnotes. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and prepare to get uh, pretty, pretty far out. (laughs) Welcome to Radio Amenti. Embracing the eternal now, where minds and timelines merge. Inspiring synchronicity, awakening potential, and making sense of change. So what led me to the resonance retreat was after I left Collective Evolution, I think almost three uh, summers ago now, I went on like this freelance journey. I just, you know, I I wanted to work with anyone and everyone. And uh, I started working with HeartMath a lot more closely after getting certified and Unify as well. And so with Unify, I started working with them first at the Parliament of World Religions in Toronto. We did some uh, interviews and capture stuff from there. And then uh, after that, I worked with them at Red Pill uh, with the Empower group. And then this opportunity came up to, you know, go to the residence retreat. And when I saw the roster, I was like, oh my God, like these are people that I have studied and admired for so long and now here was this opportunity for me to you know interview Greg Braden interview Nassim 
and be uh, around these people. So I was super stoked around that. So the opportunity really came from working with Unify and acting as the media director for them there and doing my journalist thing. That's, that's how I got to go there. And our intention and purpose for being there was to do two live streams and do some filming and stuff like that. So I had my camera there and you know, I was talking to people. But prior to that, a lot of the work came from before. I did a lot of the promo videos. And so that's the opportunity that I was speaking about when I got to interview Greg Braden and Nassim Haramine. And I was supposed to chat with um, Kimberly and Foster, but that didn't end up working out. And ultimately, because of those interviews, man, I started quickly understanding and realizing the new science that's coming out around the unified field and the holographic universe. And once my consciousness like fully grasped the idea, and it's a very different way of thinking, but once I grasped it, man, I saw changes in my life like right away. And, you know, we've like, we've been on the path for a while and we've known that, you know, inner world reflects outer world, but it's like on another level now because I can absolutely see what is happening in my internal state is showing up in the external and vice versa. And it might not look exact, but if you are paying attention and you can understand the language of the universe and, and numbers, especially they reveal it's revealing a lot. So kind of, so for people that are tuning in and may not know about Nassim's work and, and the unified field theory, can you kind of like walk us through what that retreat was like? Because, you know, I went to Egypt with Nassim and the Resonance Academy two years ago, but this retreat seems like it was a lot different. So I'd love to hear about your experience, like what you've learned from the panels, what each day was like, where it was. Yeah. So the Resonance Retreat happened at 1440 Multiversity is uh, in Santa Cruz, California. Have you ever been there, by the way? 1440? I haven't. Oh I heard my. it's amazing. It's so cool. It is like the coolest playground for the consciousness, spiritual, human potential type of uh, workshops and, and groups that come in. And so you get there and there's like these beautiful redwoods. Dude, what is up with redwoods, by the way? <laughs> like I, I did that was my first time spending time with the redwood. They are amazing creatures and I'm like such special beings on this planet because like I've been in a lot of forests but when I was in a redwood forest man like it was just like completely different the the vibration so these trees are all over that property and it was really interesting being able to capture at that retreat because you know on the first day you're walking around and you see people uh, like the delegates and some of them are eating meals by themselves and people are kind of like keeping to themselves and not really sure like what to expect and stuff and then by the end of the week oh my gosh it was so cool people had formed beautiful relationships and transformations um, had happened during the week and it was really beautiful to observe that and so day one was really interesting because we opened with an opening ceremony and people were just really into like what what is about to happen. A lot of these people that were attending know of Nassim's work and what he's all about and the unified field theory. And you could really feel his excitement right now. He's in this moment in his career where things are really falling into place and making a lot of sense. And I think he walked away from that retreat like, holy shit, there's a whole army of people ready to like stand up and like do the work and like be lights and beacons and guides and leaders in the emerging new world. And so basically what he talked about was that they've kind of discovered 
an equation that can, it is explaining the secular, okay, wait, how can I say this? So you know how we have constants in the universe and mathematics. It is, there's one equation that can be applied from the smallest subatomic, even smaller than subatomic, it's called the Planck. It can go all the way down and go all the way up to the galaxy, the universe. And this one equation can really sync up nicely when we're understanding how everything kind of works. And my mind was kind of blown when they talked about the unified field. And, you know, we've heard about the field for so long. Like if anyone that's read the, the Gita, the Gita has talked about the field. HeartMath has talked about the field. There's all these fields, but this one unified field exists in everything and is everything. And we are the field acting as the field. And some people can call it the universe and stuff, but you basically really are the universe creating the universe right now. And this all kind of started if we go back to the Big Bang, they, they're saying like the whole universe can be condensed into the size of a pea, basically. And it's in that moment where everything was kind of like touching and then everything like split apart. But they've done experiments with photons where they've taken a photon, split it in half, sent it one way. I think it was, I don't know, I'm going to screw up the number right now, but they sent it a number of direction, like one way. And then they sent the other half the other way and they manipulated one and what they saw was the other one did the exact same thing but instantaneously so that kind of screwed physics uh or physicists up for a second because right now the fast thing we know is the speed of light and this photon was reacting faster than the speed of light how is that possible it was instantaneous and then we can talk about entanglement theory and then look at it a little bit deeper and understand that like light is a field propagation as well and, you know, to fathom that the light is part of the field as well. So if it's moving instantaneously, it is propagating right away. And it's a very different way of thinking. And, and that's why I call, I'm calling it the new science right now, because there's a lot of like tests and theories and stuff being thrown around. But I want to encourage people to like really apply it. You have that open mind about it and see how this can apply to your existence. Play with it, basically. And it's, you know, we talk about magic a lot and stuff and it's like, whoa, this is how it can actually operate. And the other thing I wanted to tell you about the resonance stuff, why this event was so special was because you had HeartMath, you had Resonance Science Academy, you had Thrive, you had IONS, Unify was there. It was all these big players in the world of like science and spirituality coming together like finally it's like you guys all need to talk you're you're all like doing the same you're, you're talking about the same science and cool stuff and like now you guys all have to like connect and so I think everyone kind of felt that and there was such a big shift like a palpable shift that happened on Tuesday night at the retreat and we had a beautiful panel we had Foster and Kimberly Gamble we had Nassim Teresa emceed, we had Bruce Lipton come in and we had Greg Braden come in online and they all kind of like shared their part of the puzzle and then they played a video at the end. They played Thrive 2 is coming out next February and it's going to be awesome. So they played a trailer, it was beautiful. And then at the end, you know, they asked all cameras be shut down, no posting, no no anything because what, what we were about to see was like legit, like really serious. And we're all like, oh, cool. Like, what is this? So basically, uh, I still don't know how much I can reveal about what I saw, but what I want to tell you about what I saw was I was so freaking excited. Like I have not, like this is the most excited I am about the future. It is super bright. 
There's no stopping it anymore. These guys were walking around with security, Jen. Like, you know, you saw and you couldn't really see the security, but you knew that they were there. And like Robert Grant um, had a security guard walking around with him because this is what they do. They, they take these guys out. And to see that they were taking precautions and these guys are being protected, like it felt really good for all of us to recognize. And it was really encouraging as well. And they, they in that video, they showed a device. And uh, I've never seen a device like this before. But basically what I saw was like motion graphics mixed with real life applications and, and scenarios. And just seeing the translation of it just lit me up. That video, I was crying. The video finished everyone was like oh my god I the first thing I, I had to do was like hug someone so I found someone that was like vibing the same frequency as me in this like excited love and we just like shared this beautiful hug that I'll never forget because it's like we got this there's no stopping it they can try but it's like no love will always win and the truth will always win and this is the truth they're basically harnessing the power of the universe a, a galaxy really into a crystal if you're like me you always have crystals uh, I mean I know you do because you love crystals too <laughs> and crystals are awesome and seeing how we can work with them not just interfacing with them, but also allowing them to help transmute and harnessing, I guess. Yeah, harnessing all the power. And I guess what I'm really talking about is self-actualization as well. And, and us as humanity stepping into our divinity and our power as beings and our emotional capacity is one of our greatest gifts. You know, we have this beautiful tie of consciousness and emotion and I think it's very different than any other species out there. And I know I'm going into a different realm right now, but I think it's kind of what we need to be talking about. And almost one of the biggest missing links in our story. And, you know, everyone's really hurt right now and anxious because of the fires and feeling kind of down and not really sure what's going to happen to the planet and us. But wow, what an opportunity for our collective to come together. And I really believe that when we collectively come together in prayer or meditation or, you know, just in, in different forms, there's no stopping us. Like no powers that be can, can really override that. And they're actually, maybe these events are kind of happening in the name of unity and that, I mean, that's been happening for many years, but I'm seeing it so much more now. What do you think about that? I had this conversation recently about how Trump coming to the surface, right? Trump manifesting was a manifestation of the collective darkness, mm. the collective unseen. And without him coming to the surface, I don't think we would have banded together in such a way and been like, hell no, this is not how people should be treated. Hell no, protect our trans kids. We have to protect our environment. We have to band together because if the power powers that be aren't doing it, mm. then we can't give our power to them. We have to empower ourselves. Mm. So I think, you know, my favorite hermetic axiom is out of chaos comes order. And if we were to just remain comfortable and complacent, things wouldn't change. And here we are seeing what's gone on in the age of Trump and that the Amazon, our lungs of the planet are on fire mm. for greed. We can't be comfortable anymore. It is getting to the phase where there's no more complacency now is the time to act and now is the time to unify and band together. And we're more powerful than we even realize. And the fact that 
people like Nassim and Foster and Kimberly Gamble and Robert Grant and Greg Braden, these amazing minds are actually bridging the gap between science and spirit because you know, I was actually reading the Gnostic Gospels yesterday for this book project I'm doing and it's what was in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Hidden Gospels of Thomas, Mary Magdalene, Judas, and yeah. all Jesus was talking about back then was unity consciousness. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> Like he has this line where he's like, make the two become one so that the male isn't male anymore and the female is no longer female. And through this oneness, you'll enter the kingdom, which is really the space of the heart. So I think that's what we're getting back to, merging the heart and the mind, but stepping deeper into that heart space. Yes, Jen. And what I'm really seeing right now is we must clear the mind so the heart can project up and it can, and we can have that vision and we can see truth and we can know truth and act in a way that is aligned with spirit as well. And it doesn't have to be, you know, super esoteric or like, you know, woo woo. This is like real life application. This is how this all works from my heart teachings, starting with heart math. The heart emits a magnetic field that can be measured up to three feet outside of the body. It's probably much larger, but right now we can measure three feet. Now everyone has this field. And so what's in this field then? There's a lot of information. What we know for sure is emotions. So that's why you can walk into a room and know right away, like, oh shit, some, some, something went down in this room. <laughs> or, you know, you can be talking to somebody and you can sense and feel like, hey man, like, are you okay? Like, do you, do you really forgive me? Because I I feel like you don't, you know, and this is why we can pick up on each other's emotions because they live in this field. And so what you're emitting from your heart, your heart will never lie. So even if you're saying, no, I totally forgive you. Like it's all good. That's why the person is like, "Mm, do you? Cause I, I don't really feel that. And so that's really important to recognize because you know, we're measuring this through heart rate variability and we can look at a graph and actually see, you know, if a person is in an anxious or worried state versus appreciation, care, love, compassion. And these are all heart qualities. And the other cool thing about the teaching of the heart is that, you know, you can be practicing it at any moment. Like right now, you know, like as we're speaking, you can bring all your attention and awareness to the center of your chest and breathe into that heart space. And then you can even push emotions out. So if you want to, you know, have more care, love, compassion, kindness, you can emit that. And so why now we're going to go back to the field is what are you feeding this field? So this field is alive. It's a vibratory, participatory field that you are a part of. And the same subatomic particles that make you up, your being, are the same subatomic particles that make up this field. And so what what you are literally feeding the field is so important. Are you feeding it anger? Are you feeding it more anxiety? Because that is what we are all feeding. And this is that collective consciousness again. And so we are all part of this unity consciousness. And so this also you know, just talking about this right now, this, I, I want to bring something up because you've been on the path for a while. I've been on the path for a while. And for the last, like, we've known for a lot, a while, like we're connected, right? <laughs> like we know, that, we know, we know that everything is connected. Okay, cool. So, okay. Now what, what does that mean? How are we connected in the work? So what? And so that's really important to remember when you're in unity consciousness for a long time, something that happened to me back in March of this year was that I forgot, like, 
hey, I'm Raj. Oh yeah, I'm an individual too. Because it's like, oh yeah, we're all connected. We're all connected. You know, like the, when, if I'm feeling something that means like, you know, if it's not something that's super aligned, it must be somebody else or like I'm transmuting something, which could be the case, but it's also super important to remember you are an individual. You are a unique expression of this, this truth, this field, you are like one eye, you know, remember in, in the Gita, they talked about the billion eyes Well, we are each individual's one eye of the conscious collective. And we need everyone's perspective because it's generating this much larger pattern and story. And this is this, the other thing that I learned a lot about is patterns and cycles and I look at time now in a completely different way and I want to encourage people to start looking at time as cyclical and patterns so shit is coming up in your life right now like you know like just like crazy things like you can't really explain like why is this happening right now think about where you were last year or five years ago seven years ago because the conditions are just right they've shown up just right for you to recognize this pattern that's coming up and maybe break it because that like the conditions are are just really primed right now and this probably happened a while ago it just needs that acknowledgement and expression for you to move forward more quickly in your evolution and i think that's what we're all really talking about right now is evolving not only as humanity but as individuals why are you here and what do you want to create because you are a creator and this is gonna uh, and I keep saying this is a very different way of thinking because it might be really uncomfortable for some people to kind of fathom it but I want to encourage people to keep an open mind and practice this for yourself understand it and then see how it applies to you and from Greg Braden did, did you ever did you watch uh, his show called Missing Links by any chance I didn't no Okay, I'm going to highly recommend that as well. He has such a beautiful way of explaining things in a very succinct and easy to understand manner. And one of the biggest things I learned from one of his episodes was on mirrors. Whoa, Jen, mirrors, man. Like, it, that's what it's all about. When we go back to the, like, the holographic universe, like, shit, it's so interesting because there's not just one mirror. And I for, for years, I thought it was just one mirror. Like, you know when someone is exhibiting, like, anger, frustration, or is being kind of nasty and you're like oh shit that's probably inside of me because they're just reflecting something and now I got to do that work but that's not necessarily the case that's just one mirror of the person kind of reflecting something back on you the second mirror that I learned about was what you judge in the moment in people so what I learned when I fully understood that is the first interaction I had with the person after I learned that was I judge energy number one. Whether I know it consciously or unconsciously, I'm, I'm gauging your energy right away. And so that's the second mirror and what what is most obvious in the moment and how you are reflecting that. And then the third mirror uh, we learned about was you attract certain people into your life and they're mirrors. And usually they may be something you've lost, given away, or had taken from you at some point in your life. And these people show up in your life as a way to bring that back into equilibrium of, of some sort. And then when I was speaking to him in the interview, I was like, Greg, oh my God, the learning about 
you know, the different mirrors has really helped me so much. And he's like, actually there's seven. And I was like, Oh my God, what? There's seven. <laughs> this is great. This is great news because I only, I thought there, there was only one mirror. And, and then when you get into like Robert Grant and the numbers and how numbers are absolutely just a reflection as well. And it is the language of the universe, even like the concave and the convex of our eyes. That's really how the holographicness can also work as well. Sorry, I just like jumped all over the place. I just got really really excited. (laughs) Well, it's funny, the synchronicity, because the seven mirrors actually come from the teachings of the Essenes, which their whole compendium of work came in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm. So it's a really funny synchronicity because Greg Braden explores, you know, the Essenes work. And then you have Robert Grant speaking of number and the Essenes were kind of a, a mystical sect of Judaism. And in Judaism, the reason why they'd say like rabbis that get too lost in the Torah would sometimes go mad or go blind just trying mm-hmm. to study mm-hmm. because in in mystical Judaism, there is something called the gematria where every letter is affixed to a number and every word has a certain number. So if you add mother and father together, you'll get the same number for son or daughter. Whoa. So- <laughs> Whoa. Are you serious? That's so cool. Yeah. So it's like, there is no difference. It's not a binary. It's not just science. It's not just spirit. It's like the spirit, the spiritualists were channeling the science. The scientists are confirming what the spiritualists knew. It's so cool. And this is why this (laughs) moment right now is so beautiful for people that have been on the path or are awakening. It's because yes, finally, like the science is explaining spirit and spirit is explaining science. And there's, they're actually so harmonious and beautiful. And it's such an awesome way to look at things now. Oh my God, you know so much about that, that stuff. I have so many questions about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we can go on so many tangents about all the things. What about the, what about the emerald green tablets. Have you read them? Yes, I have. So the hemor- uh, that's another funny synchronicity because I just, uh, part of my kind of content and of what I'm going to be creating over the next year is a lot based off of my voice. And mm. I really feel like this is a download, even just us having this interview. And, and then for those listening and Raji's interviewing me later today. So yep, yep. we're using our voices. We're stepping away from just writing to putting our faces and voices forward because I really think that that's the future of us speaking and there's something so powerful in conversation and letting our voices be heard and uh, it's funny so yesterday as part of like this audio project I'm working on I recorded Madame Blavatsky's translation of the Emerald Tablets Mm, so yeah (laughs) but there's two different ones there's the Emerald Tablet which is this alchemical formula coming from Hermes Trismegistus and it's supposed to be the whole key to alchemy. So as above, so below, as within, so without. These are the keys to alchemy to live an immortal life and unlock the secrets of the universe. Mm. Then you have the Emerald Tablets of Thoth the Atlantean, which were translated by Dr. Doriel, which, I mean, I'm obsessed with that book. It's so beautiful. And whether it's just a modern mythos or actually a real thing, doesn't matter because the wisdom is amazing in it. Oh man, you're getting me so excited. I want to read that. (laughs) It's so good. You'd love it. <laughs> right right now, I am listening to the Sophia Code. Have you listened to mm, that? I haven't. Mm, it's really interesting. They, they're talking about the one divine mother, uh, Creatrix. And I've never heard that word, Creatrix. Have you ever heard that? Mm, I love that word. It's <laughs> oh, a really know, it's good so one. <laughs> cool. And so basically, it is um, the divine feminine Christ consciousness. 
And I had, I didn't even fathom that that could be a thing. But in listening to the Sophia code, it's really interesting because she's channeled uh, all of this. And Sophia is the name of the one divine mother creatrix that is everything. And uh, she channeled a bunch of the ascended masters. And man, the masters are here. They've been here and they are working through individuals. I realized like right now I'm working a lot with Master Kutumi and uh, I'm being guided right now, Jen, like legit, like it's so interesting and cool and wow, it's taken, it feels like there's a little bit of pressure taken off and it's like, oh, okay, all I have to do is listen and follow and guide. And this brings me back to ayahuasca because man, the teachings that I got from mother ayahuasca, I would never trade that for anything in the entire world. I get so many messages from people because of my ayahuasca story on YouTube. And they're like, did it really work? You know, are you still like, you think it was worth it and stuff? And like right away, without like even a little bit of hesitation, like, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. And the funny thing is when I got to ayahuasca, I thought it was going to be like the last thing, like, okay. Cause you know, I've done it all. Like shaman, sweat lodge, sessions, Reiki, landmark, all the healing things and then I got to ayahuasca and I was like okay maybe this is it okay everything's gonna be like put together really in a nice way I'm gonna understand all these things and not go about my life and it was like no <laughs> it was the beginning of something <laughs> completely different it sent a ripple throughout my entire life in the most positive way and you know I'm happy to report my first ceremony was in the winter of 2016 I think and I still feel that like hum of joy in the background and it just keeps getting more and more amplified. And plant medicine is a beautiful way, I think, for people to move very quickly through some of their conditioning, but it's not the only way. And something that I'm really excited about right now is accelerated evolution. And I loved hearing you talk about the voice right now because dude, you're so right. And I, I'm with you uh, in that understanding. I forgot how healing verbal communication can be and why I'm excited about accelerated evolution so much is because that's what I'm doing in my coaching sessions. I'm literally guiding people through a process with my voice and I need to see you and I need to hear you and that's it. And we can move very quickly through some blockages. One of the processes that I love uh, is called aspectics and aspectics is communicating with an aspect inside of you, whether that is abandonment, despair, grief, because it is an aspect of you, it ultimately, believe it or not, it actually has a positive intention for you and we just need to communicate with it and understand its goals for you and what it wants. And then the, during the process, we just keep moving higher and higher and higher until we hit one, the oneness, the unity consciousness. And then you taste, touch, and feel the essence of that one. And what I love about this so much is because I'm understanding the new science and with this coaching, we're essentially bringing people to the field. So you're tasting, touching, feeling the field that you are, and then you have a different perspective. And then we go back down on the goals chain. And then we see now, how does it affect and change it? Now, how does that affect and change it? Knowing that you are light, that you are. I just did a session. And so everyone describes it in a different way. Some, somebody just described it as a vibratory field. And someone else described it as, oh, it was so awesome. They said, uh, 
velvety black void. And mm. it's and, and it's so beautiful that, you know, people are coming with these expressions because that is the truest essence of your being. And, you know, to be honest, like after a session, people are expressing the same types of wisdoms and uh, understandings that someone that did plant medicine would typically. And so that's really important because I know plant medicine is kind of scary for people or, you know, there's a lot of mental chatter that comes with going into ceremony or, or the pre. So I think accelerated evolution is uh, another another way that someone can receive healing and understanding and clarity or without having to go through the medicine stuff. But there is so much positive that comes through ceremony. So yeah, I'm so curious to know, and we'll talk about it later, but like, yeah, what's Rhythmia like now? You know, because we sat in ceremony together too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Talk about a magical week that we had. Right? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. That trip was such a catalyst for so much. Um, Just the fact that we were able to be there together and hold space. And oh my gosh. So this time around was honestly the best time I've been at Rhythmia by far. Really? They have really refined the scheduling, the programming. It runs like such a smooth operation right now that I was just so impressed by all that Jerry and Brandy have done. It's just honestly like they're they're nearing closer to the highest vision of what I can see Rhythmia being. What's the biggest change that you that you think? It felt a lot smoother. It felt even the way the ceremonies were run were really great. Everything was so beautifully done and the energy really shifted there's something about the energy that's just like ooh, wow. I feel like things have shifted a lot here did you <laughs> and say I don't all know no I did only three because I, I got really lucky this time around and I only purged like for like one baby purge and that was it and the rest of it was a lot of just looking at it was this weird juxtaposition between looking at trauma and generational trauma and the origin points of all of my wounds. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, it was just this hysterical laughter and joy and childlike wonder. And the group we were with was so magical and wonderful. But by the third ceremony, I was like, I got what I needed. I I really understand what I need to work on now. And I just don't feel called to do the all-nighter. Yes. Because the fourth ceremony, it's from eight at night until eight o'clock in the morning. And I feel like, remember when we were there last time, we all didn't want to do the last ceremony and then we did. Yes. And it, <laughs> it was an ideal. It was a night for sure. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. And I mean, a lesson in all of it, but that was not, I think we could have taken our win and been like, yeah, we got it. Yeah, totally. totally. And you know what's so interesting that you bring that last ceremony up because um, it was in that ceremony. Like, like you said, like, no, we didn't really want to show up. And I sat in my room and I was like, Oh, what is this feeling in my stomach? Like why? And I sat there and I was like, Oh God, should I go? And then right away, my ego was like, nah, man, Rod, you don't want to go back in there. Like you're good. You, you, you're good. Trust me. You're good. And then ayahuasca comes in and is like, you know, not everything is about you. And I was like, Oh yes, this is true. And she's like, your energy is needed there. And I was like, really? Okay, well, I guess my intention is going for refinement and I'm going for my peeps. I'm going for my friends. I'm going for <laughs> for everyone. Okay, here we go. And then I also, I re- remember I got my period and, you know, I always, they always said like, you don't go into ceremony if you're on your period. And I knew I was a little like 
afraid, but you know, I spoke to the shaman and they put tobacco in my belly button and I was like, okay, I'll be fine. And as I was looking for my bed and I spend a lot of time like looking for my bed, I've sat in a bed and like for 20 minutes and I'm like, nope, this is not my spot. And I've gotten back up <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. And she put me, and I say she, the medicine, she put me in between those two rooms, like right in the center. And then I had my head facing one way my legs facing the other and she's like no turn around and I was like okay and so my legs went one way uh, the opposite way and it was in that ceremony where I went so deep into unity consciousness that there was an extended period of time where I was like oh yeah Raj she's so cool I love her Mm -hmm. Uh, okay go back to work kind of thing and but it was like this like whoa like I was just in the energy of everyone and so why Uh, that moment in March when I was doing my training for Accelerated Evolution was so important to remember whose hair is this? Whose nose is this? Whose eyes are those? It's, it's mine. And I, I am me and, and I'm not, I'm not you. I'm not him. I'm not her. I'm going to be me tomorrow. I was me 10 years ago. Oh yeah. Like I'm me. And that was like so important to remember your your individual. And I think it's not a bad, like individual is not a bad word. I think we almost have to like fix it, fix the, the culture around that because like it's a very important term. Do you, do you understand what I mean by that, by the way? I do. And I'm so glad that you're saying that because I think that there's something that happens when you go on the path and you're new to it and you have this big awakening and you just are like, oh my God, I can't believe I never saw the world this way. And it's so easy to get lost down so many rabbit holes and then to be like, well, you start to forget that you're an individual and then you get lost in this in another illusion. And the reason why you are you is that you are a unique expression of infinity and you're an individual which is indivisible from infinity, but your unique purpose is your unique purpose. So you shouldn't try and dissolve to just completely dissolve your ego or to completely get away from all that's corporeal and to just sit in a mountain and meditate. It's like, no, that's what the monks in Tibet are holding it down for us. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, not yeah. our, that's not our life path. Yeah. <laughs> but I we can... <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? No, I, I and I want to uh, to that point. Like, I think there's new teachings hitting the planet right now, and like, no longer do we have to sit in the caves and, and for you know lots of years to receive the teachings and wisdom. I think we can do it together faster in partnership and in groups. And that's really important because, uh, you know, that goes in, that goes in line with the divine feminine energy that we're in right now. And it really is the two becoming the one, but remember in your oneness, uh, your uniqueness as well, and your gifts that, you know, you're meant to share with the world. And I'm in this moment of like wanting to express now, like moving through any fear and standing up with courage because man, I have so much to share. And like, sometimes, you know, I get lost in like, how do I convey it? And what is the best avenue? And then, you know, when the moment passes, it's gone. And that's another thing that I'm learning too about. And I called this summer, the summer 5D, because Mm. it was like (laughs) all these portals were opening up and I would be, and I would go on these like spiritual bike rides and like, I, I would be on my bike and like get this like hit of intuition, like, now Raj go go as fast as you can ride right now and it's like a portal would open up and it's like are you ready like now's your moment but I'm like but what about everyone else like can I take everyone with you yes you could take everyone with you but you must go right now and I'm like boom yep this I'm gone and I just went as fast as I can I just like followed the intuition and 
I feel like I came out on the other side with like this and it, it, that day, Jen, that happened, that spiritual bike ride for the first time, like so much good shit happened that day. And when I realized, oh my God, I could take everyone with me. Cool. And so I totally jumped into a different timeline or a different, yeah, I was a timeline and everyone was still them, but different. So in that moment, my brother and sister had gone to a huge fight and they were not talking for like now it was like two months and it was causing like such a ripple in my family. And that day he picked up the phone and freaking called her out of the blue. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Everything just like naturally changed. And then I got two new clients that day and it was just like, wow, this is like real. And so why I called it the summer of 5d is because like, I guess what I learned on these bike rides was that, you know, it's happening in waves for people, this transition. And it it doesn't, maybe for some people it happens like in an instant, but for me it's, it's happening in waves. And, um, and then the understanding of like the new science and the holographic universe and how this is actually all playing out and what I need to be doing and how to, and it goes beyond just manifesting too, but really like how to live properly kind of thing, yeah. how to live properly. <laughs> totally. And I love it because there's like such a meta narrative to all of it. Cause it's like, no. you are the, you are the particle, you are the wave. You're riding on a bike that has these cyclical wheels as you're going forward through linear time yes. from yes. the 3d into 5d. Yes. It's so wild. I know you started riding your bike too. So I really mm-hmm. want to encourage you to like maybe throw on like a, uh, like a sound bath track in your ears or even like, uh, you know, even cannabis is mm. like taking one toke and like uh, realizing that this is medicine and it, this is going to help you connect to something greater than you maybe that you even know right now or like show me. And so, and go on, jump on your bike and just have the intention to jump timelines or go through a portal and you will, it will open up. And if you are courageous enough and you know, do you move with like do your duty kind of thing if you're ready like go do it and you can take everyone with you and that's the best part you don't it's it's not about the alone journey anymore you know we've done that and it's like okay cool so now what and this is what woke lives is all about i really want to be speaking to people that have been on the path for quite some time and and now it's like great guys like let's really apply what we have all of our practices and all of our teachings and learnings into our existence in the most highest way because my highest vision is like shambhala is like living in an enlightened society and fuck me like i can't stop man like even when i want to stop like i can't like it's just like i just that's what i want that is my my highest vision and i want to help people um, I want to give every being the opportunity to, to understand their spiritual practice, you know, through different modalities. And whether you're getting caught in my in my coaching or a social media video or poetry or yoga or meditation, it doesn't matter. I'm I, what I'm really doing is capturing your genius and just reflecting it back to you in in a medium that you know maybe you're familiar with or you're not, but. Uh, that's what I that that's what I really that's how I really want to serve everyone that's so beautiful and I, I really I believe that creativity is one of the if not the highest form of spirit that's consciousness into form and the fact that you're creating through all these different mediums and offerings is really doing such a great service and taking what you're learning and receiving and the fact that 
of all the masters you're working with. You're with Kathumi, you know, the yes, great. Tell art- me about Kathumi. <laughs> well, Kathumi is who came through to Madame Blavatsky and Kathumi, who's, who also came through to Alice Bailey. And both Alice Bailey and Blavatsky were the spearheads of a school of thought called Theosophy, which is the idea that no religion is higher than truth. Blavatsky was basically the, the ripple the ripple of um, the new age movement, but it's basically a, a denser, denser, more esoteric school of thought regarding cosmic consciousness and how everything is unified. Mm, it makes and- so much sense. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when uh, we were hanging out in New York and we're like, we're going to do the documentary and you know what? Maybe we I still, still see it happening. Me too. Me too. Me too. Because we, we, this is why me and you have such a strong connection, I think, is because we were, we have both been exposed to these teachings. And when I, when, when the secret doctrine rolled up on my, on uh, my doorstep, like, uh, like what, 11 years ago, I was afraid of it. I was like, I'm scared of this book. I don't know what it is. And I put it in like a cupboard and like, you know, put some sage around it or something because I was scared. <laughs> I was like, uh, I'm a child of light. I, mean, I didn't know what it was but until like years later, I was like, oh my God, this is the real, real. This is, uh, this is what I need to be studying. So it's so cool. Oh, it's so beautiful, Jen, this, this journey, this life. I love it so much. And I had this moment of like, I was going through like old journals and stuff. And I always wonder like, God, why am I, why do I have so many journals? Like what the hell, <laughs> what is happening? And it's all because of this, like right now I have so much content that I want to share because of the journey that I've been on that's brought me to this moment right here speaking to you um, on your podcast right now and if it wasn't for that and I've documented like everything so it's like I'm a journalist in like the truest form I guess and that's just for me uh, in my own like wonder of my life like wildlife like whoa and like we're still in our 30s girl like we have so much <laughs> we have so much life to go it's so fun it's <laughs> like, such a beginning yeah uh, but I'm so excited for all that all that's kind of coming up so with woke lives with with all your projects do you have a timeline when we can see more of your content and where people can go to learn more and what's what's kind of the rollout plan okay the rollout plan is I want it really step into coach Raj and I want to I'm trying to find a better word for coach because when I hear coach like I think sports or like I don't know I think feel like it has like a weird connotation so I'm playing with like spiritual like alchemist type of thing because literally I'm watching people transform right before my eyes uh whether like I'm doing this like we're working together for a video or coaching call so I'm trying to find that beautiful integration of the two I'm reworking House of Raj because uh House of Raji is like my personal brand and that is where you're gonna find my personal story and of wanting to kill myself and being in a deep dark depression when I got my heart broken for the first time and how I came into spirituality and, you know, coming from a Sikh background, I grew up with that faith and, you know, leaving it kind of behind for some years because I didn't understand what the guys were saying, you know, in the temples. Like I just knew like, you know, my parents would tell me to go to the temple and for weddings and all this stuff. But I also had these beautiful mantras and prayers that I would say. And then I started, uh, after I studied Buddhism and religion, I came back to Sikhism. And now, wow, like I have such a beautiful connection with that uh, religion and it's just more spirit for me and so house of raj is part of my personal story and that's where you're going to find a lot of my personal content and then 
with woke lives and for coaching and stuff as well. And with woke lives, woke lives is uh, my like collective. Like I, I want people to submit their most woke content and like, let me, let me like edit it and stuff or like final touch it and like put it on this platform for other people to share. So woke lives is really like celebrating and showcasing people living this uh, awakened life and what they're doing in their daily to help them to keep remembering, because I think that's the way of the sage as well. We have to keep remembering. And, you know, that was part of my ayahuasca ceremony. I got that, like, yo, we have to keep remembering. I was like, oh, that's so much work though. Why can't we just like stay in this moment of remembrance all the time? But maybe that, that notion will evolve as I get older and stuff. But right now it's like, no, we have to help each other to keep remembering, even doing calls like this and having connections like this. It's you're, we're remembering who we are and living from that place. And that's special to have on a platform and using the internet and the power of media to help connect people. And we've been hearing this for so long, but that's that visual medium. The, the storytelling is so raw because you can literally speak to hearts. And when you're speaking to hearts, understanding comes very quickly. When I'm learning in my coaching is one of the biggest issues um, that we have as humanity is the feeling of being misunderstood or the having the lack of understanding. And, and that comes with practice and it comes with listening properly. And, and something else that I do in my practice is dyads. And that is effective communication so helping people to communicate with each other so it's it really still is the journey of like me to to we like first get that personal coherency and then you can move out into that social coherency and speak from a way that is integral you know and that active listening so i want to put out a call right now to anyone that's listening and feels inspired to be featured or share their work, especially conscious artists. I would love to feature their work and get that more out there. But the bigger vision is like, I want to be doing interviews and traveling and show showcasing these stories of people living these amazing awakened lives. And it's not just the yogi or, you know, these gurus or like these monks and stuff that are living these awakened lives. It's like, you know, the single mom of three kids who is still makes time to pray and meditate with her kids at the end of the night or the pastor in Africa who is, you know, on his free time is helping young females with the mutilation that they go through. And so it's these types of stories that I think are important to tell because it's me and you, it's the the average person. And Humans of New York really inspired me because of that. Why did it do so well? Well, it was just people, regular everyday people uh, sharing vulnerability about themselves. And vulnerability is going to be the key to everything. And that bring, that will bring up your courage, you know, and courage is what we need right now. I love that word. I love that too. Courage is so important. And also I love the fact that it's inclusive. I think something that is lacking really in the conscious media space and in the wellness industry is this inclusivity because it's strange when things there's that capitalist notion you know again a hierarchy evolves and I think the new media needs to be inclusive it needs to be something that everybody can relate to not just the higher gap of people that can opt in it's people that like need to find a deeper purpose and 
don't have the budget to just all of a sudden now I'm going to sign up for the $5,000 wellness program. It's like, no, I just want to see this piece of content that can help me remember that I matter, that I count, that I'm also divine, and that also little acts of kindness ripple forward in such big ways. So I love the fact that you're going to highlight all these different stories. I think it's so necessary. And that's truly heart-based journalism. Yes. Woo. Thank you. <laughs> you just you just said that so beautifully. Amazing. <laughs> one, one thing. I'll, speaking of the wellness industry, what do you think about he, the healing journey versus like healed enough? One of my teachers, the founder of Accelerated Evolution, you know, he he talked about this one day, and I was like, whoa, like. Can we be, can you, like, maybe we're never going to be fully healed, but can you recognize, like, hey, I've healed enough. And that wound is perhaps where the, 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 the wisdom and the love that I can show up for you, that's where it comes from. What do you think about that? That's a really great question because it's something that I've been thinking a lot too. So like this, you, you called the summer, the five D summer. My summer was definitely the psychedelic summer. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like journeying with ayahuasca, journeying with psilocybin, doing bufo, doing combo, doing ayahuasca again. And my big takeaway this last summer, and especially after Rhythmia was like, fuck, I'm a human being and I have a body and I want to be in my body and embody right now. The call is to embody and to use my voice. And it's like, I'm so comfortable in the astral, but I'm a little uncomfortable in the human. And what's more necessary right now is the human and healing is not linear. And it is a long journey of spiral and cycle and like the Russian nesting dolls of uncovering layers and layers and layers. So I think that looking at like healing is not, with a period, it's with a dot, 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 (laughs) but like having enough wherewithal to discern when, okay, I need to stop chasing something more and to integrate what it is that I learned. Mm. Yes. hundred million percent. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because you can always be healing. Right. And it's just like, okay, cool. This is what I learned and now I'm going to apply it. So that's beautiful. Yeah. I took LSD for the first time, like four weeks ago. Amazing. I took half, half, have you ever done it? Yeah. I'm saying I only do it in like half a tab. I've done it like a handful of times, one psychedelic summer, five years ago. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I I did it for the first time, like four weeks ago at the the half tab, man, it lasted so long. I was like, holy shit. (laughs) But it was like really, it was like, for me, Jen, it felt like mushrooms meets San Pedro equals mm. LSD. <laughs> like that, yeah. that's what it felt like. And it gave me so many beautiful teachings as well. Like once, once I stopped trying to figure out like, what are you LSD? Like what kind of medicine are you? And just allowed it to show up because it is medicine. Cause I was like, Oh, it's synthetic. Like I've just, cause I've never done anything like that before, but no, it is still medicine. And I got the, I got what I needed from it. When it, that bike ride stuff, like <laughs> like, like see, seeing in, seeing into dimensions and stuff whoa it's just it's crazy like it's fun but it's like oh okay I'm just like right at the beginning of something and as I progress on this you know on the journey like it's all will be revealed mm. in perfect time you know that Albert Hoffman, when he synthesized LSD, there's a holiday around it called Bicycle Day because he took Stop LSD. It. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, dead serious. <laughs> I believe it's April 19th. Um, oh my God, it's right around our birthdays. It's I know. Your baby. Yeah, yeah we're That's both so Aries. 
Yes. Bicycle Day is the international LSD holiday. Wow. I had no idea. And that makes so much sense to me right now. What a beautiful little sink that was. <laughs> yep. So I highly want to, I want to recommend Greg Braden, um, Missing Links. I'm just in the beginning of Sophia Code, so I'm not sure if I'm going to recommend it yet. But so far, it's been really cool. Uh, if you're into Ascended Masters and, you know, perhaps if you want to connect more with guides, and uh, angels and stuff. I think it, this would be a really good thing because there are initiations uh, in that text. So it's, it's a live um, transmission as well. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, accelerated evolution. I'm super excited about heart, heart teachings. are just keep evolving uh, as well because it's all about the heart. And so that's also what I'm excited about. And yeah, that's. I think that's it. I think we covered a lot. We did. This has been amazing. And you know, for those listening too on social media, where can everybody find you? Yes, uh, Instagram House of Raji, on Facebook. Uh, you can find me as well, just Raji Cadley on the YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel. It's also House of Raji. There's lots of cool videos there. Uh, I'm a journalist documenting spirituality, so I think you'll find a lot of cool content if you're wanting to go a little bit deeper with uh, A, the new science, and B, uh, wanting to know more about the journey that I've been on and how um, I got to be speaking to Jen right here in August 2019. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much, Raji. This has been lovely. I can't wait to have you on again in the future. Yes. Thank you so much. I look forward to speaking to you this afternoon.